All right, so you had sent me an interesting message. I don't know that I... I don't think I responded to it beyond saying they're totally different things, but I didn't really have a chance to get into it. Um, but you had said, uh, in my darkest hour versus fade to black. And I assumed right. that there was a lot of... There was a story behind that that I wasn't... You know, that you know there was, you, you had been thinking about it or something. So I was curious. I, I honestly didn't put that much thought into it. I just realized... <laughs> They are two really popular ballads from the two biggest names in thrash metal or speed metal, however you classify them. Um, and I'll bet that there are people who have a favorite of one over the other, or they don't think one is very good or whatever. I, I'm sure there are. I mean, there's there's always diehard Metallica or diehard Megadeth fans, too, who will just completely write off one of the right. other bands based on that alone. Right. Um, and I had told you in my response that I had I had made a mixtape that was just those two songs back to back, beginning to end on both sides of the album. Um, and so I've those are two songs I've definitely heard a lot. Um, uh, what, well, what's your what's your did you reach a conclusion? Did you did you do you have a verdict on the uh, the verses or is it just sort of a question? It is difficult for me to be objective about it because I clearly like Megadeth more than Metallica. Um, but I don't, I'm not stupid either. I know when Metallica makes a good song. Okay. Uh, so I I think I've just heard Fade to Black more. Yeah. And so it has, it has a different resonance with me than, than In My Darkest Hour. But I remember the first time I listened to In My Darkest Hour, it, uh, it emoted things out of me that Fade to Black never did. I think I so here here's what I'll say. I think they're I think they're both tens. I think they're both solid tens. But I think you can have a really involved discussion about how they're different, and sure. and that definitely some one of these songs is going to resonate more with certain people. I tend to agree with you in terms of the emotive quality of In My Darkest Hour. I think it's a more sincere song. I think, again, getting to the lyrics of Hetfield versus uh, Mustaine, Mustaine ventures a lot more outside of typical metal uh, topics, uh, but I think it's because it's a reflection of who he is. Like he just he's he's got a he's got like about twenty percent of punk in his DNA that a lot of metal guys don't, and I feel like he brings in stuff from other genres more, and so in my darkest hour just feels like a more real song. It feels like it feels like a song that the the lyrics could have been written in the nineties. Do you know what I mean? Like when when all of the metal style of writing was passe. Whereas Fade to Black is much more, this is how you write a sad metal song. Do you know what I mean? Um, Are you not aware of the DNA of In My Darkest Hour, how he wrote it? No, I know, I know, no, I know why he wrote okay. it. I know, I know, right. I, I know the story behind it. I know it's about Cliff Burton, but just in terms of the way he expresses that, like Fade to Black, the story behind Fade to Black is they they lost their 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 equipment, right? That it was stolen. And he he was sad that their equipment was stolen. That's what he was writing about. Um, but when I hear Fade to Black, what it sounds to me like is, oh, this is kind of like a like I real I love Fade to Black. It's a great song, but I don't necessarily believe that James Hetfield is as depressed as he's saying in the song. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he's saying the things that you're supposed to say to make it a sad metal song. 
Um, and the fact that it's about his band equipment being stolen kind of backs that up. Whereas when when uh, when Mustaine is singing what he's singing in that song, I didn't know about the backstory until maybe the late 90s or something. I don't remember when I heard the backstory, but I'd heard the song well before that, and and I I thought I thought that it was a believable, uh, you know, that that the, 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 what he was saying was believable, and it felt sincere. And and then when you find out the backstory, it's kind of backed up by that. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, okay, yeah, that's a that's a really serious topic. That's 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 it's the difference in metal between writing about death before you've actually experienced death, and then writing about it act after like your wife has actually died. Do you know what I mean? Right. There's a di- big difference between those two, and a lot of metal is juvenile. I don't, for lack of a better term, aspirational depression. It's like you're aspiring to be depressed about things that you've never actually experienced and to me that's kind of how that's the the difference in, just lyrically between those two songs um, uh, i don't know does that make so sense I to you i know you're not a you, no no i know you're not a rush fan um but late in their career in the 90s they were putting out a lot of garbage mm-hmm. their albums were it, i'm sorry there's rush fans out there that love that stuff and that's fine but um there was a string of bad albums in my opinion and they weren't really challenging themselves the way I appreciated that they were in the 70s and 80s and then uh, Neil Peart lost his wife and his daughter at the same time roughly the same time within a year of one another and he disappeared he got on a motorcycle and he traveled for about two years I think and he didn't even make contact with anybody who'd say send postcards and whatnot and all that but he was gone he would just disappear in these tiny towns in Mexico and South America, and he was on his motorcycle just trying to refine himself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He came back to the studio, and they made an album called Vapor Trails, which is arguably one of their best albums. Every single song on that album is just an emotional punch in the face, and it changes the tone of the band because they previously really didn't do emotional albums. They, they always sang about fantasy, or they sang stories about the mind or yeah. science fiction or whatever um, but they didn't they hadn't really hit a lot of emotional notes and this one just hit so many emotional notes so I'm bringing this up one because I think everybody should listen to this album two because it really does solidify what you just said which is writing about death versus actually experiencing understanding death and then writing about death yeah and I, and I think that's what this song does I mean it it's an informed metal song. It's it's informed by real life, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I think that's a lot. A lot of Mustaine is like that. Like even like we were arguing. Like I think you didn't like the song Five O Two, and yeah, you know, it's, it's a bunch stupid. of. But it's based. On, it's definitely you can tell it's based on a real experience, right? Sure. So like sure, so sure. like um, so uh, you know, and and I actually I, I was gonna when you when you remember we were having a, a debate. And you said I don't have any theses, and I was going to I was going to send you a thesis that Five O Two is a good song. But I didn't want to be in the. I didn't want to be in the position. Like I like that song, but it's not strong enough that I wanted to be defending it as my thesis. Um, but uh, but but even a song like that, like you get the the reality behind it with him, and that's the thing I like about his style. Also, in terms of the songwriting, they're so different. Like Fade to Black is a very structured song. It's got the intro, and it's got the um, like the little heavy bridge section and the um it's got the you know the, obviously the the chorus section with the the acoustic guitar it's got all the it's got it, it's got these chunks that are very identifiable and mustaine doesn't write that way his style is a lot more fluid 
that's why I, I kind of compare him to Hendrix more because it's sometimes harder to know when you're in a different section of a Mustang song. Do you know what I mean? Like right. it's just less clear because he's he kind of weaves things together a little more. He just I, he has a different style and and in my darkest hour is a good example of that. So right. um, and another difference is there's a there's a strong division in fade to black between the acoustic light parts and the heavy parts and in my darkest hour blends the two together right do you know what i mean like you have distortion over over regular chords at the beginning um and the whole song is kind of like that at parts so uh, you know it's, it's sort of like when does the ballad part come in when does the heavy part come in well they're all kind of together um so so i know they're they're very different songs but Again, I, 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 if I'm going to give them numeric weight, I have to give them both tens. Um, but I, I would probably like at the moment, maybe like you said, because I've heard Fade to Black way more. I'd probably rather listen to In My Darkest Hour. Do you know what I mean? Because Fade to Black, even though we don't have Rock Station, somehow that song still gets played on the radio. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I still hear it when I'm driving around on, on, uh, on some of the right. music stations around here. So. If Fade to Black is truly about them losing their equipment, and I did not know that, which just makes me sad inside, um, not in an emotional way, but just in a I can't believe how lame that is, then maybe we should compare Fade to Black to Liar, because that's a Liar is about the time the guy sold their equipment for drug money. But Liar is – well, do you like Liar or do you not like Liar? I love Liar. Yeah. Oh, I love Liar too, but a lot of people hate that song, so I wanted oh. to get that out of the way. Um that that song did you see the reaction video to that song that somebody did like a no. week there you got to go and see some because like people like a lot of people don't know like the really the 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 bite that a lot of Mustaine's lyrics have to them do you know what i mean they know they know the stuff that's made it, made it to the surface but liar is like just unrestrained Mustang unloading. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. uh, and it's really clever. A lot of it, like it's, you know, like just in terms of the, like those are good insults. Do you know what I mean? Like those, those are, those are, you do not want to be on the receiving end of a, of a tirade from him. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind, the kind, it just, uh, you can tell that he's really going after a specific person and going after specific insecurities. The person would have, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, and so that, but I, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I what I've heard is fade to black was James Hetfield writing about their stolen equipment. I will say, if you're in a band and you lose your equipment, that is catastrophic. It's not like it's not like a a high schooler whose amp gets stolen. Do you know what I mean? It's like this is this is the way that you're going to make success. Do you know what I mean? And that's like hundreds of dollars of equipment that you might not be able to replace, but it just doesn't compare to the loss of, of Cliff Burton. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. And, and it also doesn't really, the lyrics don't really reflect the loss of the band equipment. That's the other big issue. Yeah. Um, the lyrics just sound like somebody's going to commit suicide. And so it's, it's either an extreme overreaction to losing your equipment or, the loss of the equipment is what prompted him to get into a dark place and he started writing something that was you know more imaginative but well, uh, we talked about this before the the two versions of Hetfield right there's the version where you can tell he's a high, he's trying to grow out of the high school essay phase of his life and trying to write meaningful lyrics and that's ride the lightning 
that's Master of Puppets, that's Injustice for All, right? That that was a phase he was trying. Whether or not he yeah. succeeds is arguable, and we can have that debate yeah. someday. I don't care. But he is trying to be meaningful. Yeah. And then he gives up, and he starts writing about shape-shifting monsters and Frankensteins and reloading well, your I wouldn't your necessarily agree. Gasoline. I, I think I think like when you look at like nothing else matters. That to me is like a very personal sounding song, um, and that's off the Black album. And so I feel like, you know, that is probably more the style that he should have been writing in the whole time. Is is nothing else matters. Um, I think what Hetfield tends to do is I think he tends to bury a lot of the personal stuff with the imagery of things like werewolves and you know what I mean. Like I think that's how he I think that's how he deals with it, which is fine. You know, there's there's totally a place for it. I just don't think I think Dio is much better equipped to write about werewolves and those things than Hetfield. Right. That's my that's my main problem. I don't have a problem with him choosing that as a subject matter. I just don't think that it works for him for whatever reason. I, I've just always found Hetfield's phrasing kind of weird. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe other people react differently to his his words, right. but but for me, his phrasing is always just kind of. It felt like he felt like he talked like Yoda sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like he he kind of reversed the natural order of how he should be saying things, right. um, and it just, so it just kind of turned me off. Whereas Mustaine, I felt like I was getting Mustaine's real voice whenever I heard Mustaine singing about stuff. Uh, yeah. Even if it was a line, I was like, I wouldn't have written it that way. But I guess that's how Dave Mustaine would write it. Do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it just felt more of a natural extension of the guy. And Hetfield, I felt like there was this, this he was having difficulty bridging that. Like he was, he he. It just never felt like he found his real voice to me. Um, and nothing else matters to me is a song where he does find a voice. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think a lot of that's. I mean, that I don't know. That that's a. That that that's a, a whole other topic, like the whole, you know, the whole lyric thing, which you know we've gotten into in the past. And I'm not a big, I'm not I'm not that big on lyrics, but I can, I I can tell when lyrics are like, you know, they're not when the person doesn't really believe what they're saying, or when they're writing something in order to 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 just kind of emulate something that another band did. Do you know what I mean? Like. Like to me, when I hear "Fade to Black," you know, when I first heard that song, I used to confuse it with "Children of the Damned" all the time, um, <laughs> because it actually has a lot of this. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's funny because "Children of the Damned" is so well written. The lyrics are so good. Well, the lyrics are, but and 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 I didn't realize how different the songs were until I actually learned to play both of them on guitar. But they're similar enough in the um, in in the acoustic chorus parts of the song that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess in, in Children of the Dam, I guess the acoustic part isn't the chorus, but they both have those acoustic parts. Those to me sounded very similar, and I, re- I think I've always thought that Fade to Black was Hetfield trying to to replicate Children of the Damned. Do you know what I mean that was my that was always my reading of that song? Um, once once I once I realized how different they were. Um, but but I don't know maybe 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 other people don't don't get the same sense of those two songs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I I, th- I think I think Fade to Black's a really good song though. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I think it's a really great song. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I you know what's interesting? 
when I was when I was in um, when I was in a band, I was I was really into Metallica, and my singer was really into Megadeth. And one of the things that I came to appreciate about about what Megadeth does is when my singer would write songs, he would always write them very differently than I would, and and I could tell it was because of the Megadeth influence. And so I just think that um, I don't know when I go back now and I listen to Megadeth these days. I, I'm generally a little bit more impressed by the songwriting that goes on with Megadeth than with Metallica, um, and that's a totally subjective thing. But I, I, I like when my singer would come to me, he would his songs would be in a slightly different tempo than mine. The the times I don't not the time signature would be different, but like if he wrote a guitar bit, it would have he, the the emphasis would be on different notes than where I would emphasize them. Do you know what I mean? And he would he he would just have a different feel, and so. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think there's something interesting about how Megadeth writes songs, but but I don't know. Maybe I'm getting far away from what we were talking about originally. Uh, That's fine. I think um, th- there's a lot to chew on here. There's a, still lots to say. I think overall, because I don't like Metallica as much as Megadeth, I struggle to be as objective as I can. But everything you've said about in in my darkest hour is true, right? He wrote it from a real place. He's a better writer. The song is put together more organically. It comes across as an earnest piece rather than, I guess we should try a ballad. Let's try writing a ballad. What's something that happened to us that sucked? We lost our band equipment. That sucked. Right? And and I'm being hyperbolic for, for, to make a point. You're right. It doesn't feel honest when he's singing it. It doesn't feel... The lyrics don't feel as meaningful, and it, when you learn yeah. the background story, it's even worse. But um, I, I just think, I just think that the thing that James suffers from is he wants to not be in high school anymore. He wants to break out, but he doesn't know how. And I don't know what his reading is like, right? I don't know what he reads to expand his mind. But we know a Steve Harris, for instance reads a lot of yeah. historic shit and a lot of great fiction. I mean, he's got a song about Dune. Yeah. Right? I, and if you're not if you're not immersing yourself in something else meaningful, you're never going to break out of your patterns. Well, I think I think what it is is it's not that he has like he has he's going to watch or read whatever he likes, right? Like that's fine, but you if you if, if he's not going to be reading about certain things, he shouldn't be writing about those things. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's the issue. Um, he has to find what, you know, like I know he's like an avid hunter now or something, so maybe that's what he should be writing about. I don't know. He probably does now. I don't know. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Like whatever whatever it is that you're immersed in, that's probably where you, sh- you should be focusing a lot of your creativity. Um, but I think also with metal, it is a very fine line because it, it's almost inherently a little bit adolescent. So it makes sense. That it's yeah. sort of like it's a struggle to find. Okay, I need I I can't lose touch with certain parts of adolescent me, but I still have to evolve beyond them. And the, and 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 with Metallica, I think it's always just really apparent because maybe it's part of what his struggle is as a person. Do you know what I mean he has these things that uh, that maybe are eating at him from his from his youth that are important to his songwriting, but uh, you know. It, 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 
sometimes I think Metallica can come across as adolescent. And I mean, Mustaine can sound adolescent too, but it just feels more believable when he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, like when, like, I don't know, like, you know, they're, they're, um, they're, they're, uh, a cover of these boots were made for walking. The, uh, yeah. the, number one, the song sounds almost nothing like the original, but, but that section in the song when he says, you know, Hey boots, start walking. It sounds like he's really talking to a pair of boots that are about to walk. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like right. it's totally not. Not many people can pull that off. Mustaine has a real charm in his voice that he can. That's that's adolescent sounding. It sounds like an angry adolescent, but it works. Whereas with Hetfield, I don't know. Maybe there's like a there's something else going on that just it doesn't it doesn't sound as believable. Um, but I I oh, think ahead. one of the things about Hetfield versus. Mustaine. Mustaine is not afraid to let you see his flaws. Hetfield is wants to control the image you have yeah. of him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's um, the difference. And especially being in a band with Lars, who's a fucking pain in the ass, who's picking at you all day long, you have to have your armor on all the time, right? And I will continue to say this till my dying day. Lars had stopped that band from being even better than they could have been. I honestly believe that he is to blame for all of their failures. Well, here's what I'll say. I, I, I don't know about that, but what I, if we want to talk objectively about like technical aspects of these bands, there are good things you can say about Metallica and there are bad things, and there are good things and bad things about Megadeth. I think with Megadeth, they are... They, I mean, obviously it depends on the incarnation of Megadeth because he's had different guitarists, but... Generally, they're more technically proficient as a band. Even when, even though they'll often have mixes that are very rough and raw, and they have a punk vibe that enters into it, so things sound more flawed on first hearing. Um, he's always generally hired very good guitarists to work with him, right? And yes. he, and he's brought in you know you know good drummers as well. So that, you know, and 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 then I think their first two albums, those guys were like jazz players or something right so they had they had this jazz sensibility which while i don't like jazz i know that jazz players are really it's 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 there's a reason why if you go to music school you become a classical player or a jazz player right so you know and you can hear that in in a song like looking down the cross where when i go back and i hear that song now i'm like oh my god there aren't any metal songs that sound like that song do you know what i mean it just has a sound that not not many other people until years later achieved right so um now that said you know metallica has a lot of things going for it technically james hetfield is one of the best rhythm players out there he might be like the top i don't know i i, I don't know if we made a top 10 list who would be on that list but james hetfield would be on it do you know i mean in terms of rhythm he is one of the best rhythm players out there and you, and i could point to one which we mentioned in the last episode, uh, as one of the, you know, as, as an example of, you know, just really good rhythm playing. Um, and he's really good at making riffs. He can make really great riffs in high volume. And, uh, and, and Mustaine has an almost totally different way of writing musical riffs. But, but, but then when you look at some of the other members, Lars Ulrich has never been one of the top drummers, right? Like, He's, 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 you know, and I, I don't know drums that well, so I, I really shouldn't be speaking out of school on this, but I just know he's not that great of a drummer, right? So, you know, it, it, his drumming doesn't bother me in particular, but if you're comparing bands, Lars's drumming would, is going to fall short 
of whoever happens to be in Megadeth at, the, at any given moment, right? Um, and so, you know, and then you have Kirk Hammett, who I think I think he's he's as good or potentially potentially better than Dave Mustaine in some ways in terms of his technical playing. Uh, they're, they're really close, I think. But the problem is Dave Mustaine always hires somebody who's like better than Kirk Hammett, right? Do you know what I mean? Right. So he always so. Uh, but Kirk Hammett is really good at making memorable phrasing on the guitar. So so he's got really good technical ability, but he's also got really great memorable guitar lines. He knows how to write a good lead, and and a lot of the bridges and stuff, and a lot of the like like uh, somebody did a breakdown of Fade to Black and showed the parts that Kirk Hammett wrote. He actually wrote a lot of really important parts of that song. Um, you know, they're they're not the main chunks, but they're chunks that you remember, and they're and they're you know, and and just knowing how they're played on guitar, they're really good. So I think, you know, you know, the, there's there's, I don't know, the, James is a really great rhythm player. Kirk, you know, has is really good, and he has a lot of really great strengths as a writer. Um, and when Cliff Burton was in the band, he's a you know he's a, he's a he's a really good bassist, but he also has the new musical knowledge that he brought to the band added a lot to what they were doing. Um, and Megadeth is a totally different project because it's really it's it's really uh, Dave Mustaine and 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 Elvison, right? Like it's the yeah. you know and and really I think we all kind of probably believe it's mainly Dave Mustaine, right? Like that's the he's the prime driver in that band. Um, and he surrounds himself with really good musicians. So I don't know. It's it, they're really hard bands to compare for those reasons. Because on the one hand, there's a lot of technical savvy in Megadeth. Dave Mustaine has a very, very uh, high level of songwriting ability and a very fluid way of writing material that I admire. On the other hand. I feel like Metallica has these bursts of of inspiration that really shine through in their music that that can sustain a whole song. Do you know what I mean? Like they do they 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 have these sparks that are that have generally translated to a lot of success with with a wide audience. Um, so they're hard to compare. But I, I think I think I don't think you have to walk away from a discussion of Metallica and Megadeth and say, this band's better or this band's better. They're good for different reasons. Um, if I was really pressed, I would say Metallica has more flaws than Megadeth. Do you know what I mean? That's uh, that's where I might go with that. That if if you go back and you listen to, to, to Metallica, they, they have more visible flaws, and I, I, I think... I think what um, you know, what it might come down to is whether you think uh, it's more impressive that despite those flaws they achieve what they achieve, or if you think the flaws sort of upset the perfection of what they did. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody might come down on different sides of that. Um, I don't know, but I've been rambling a lot. Do you have any <laughs> any any thoughts on that? Well, uh, my original point was that I think Lars held the band back from even further success. Yeah. But that's uh, that's rooted in well, I guess that's rooted more in his personality. So, um, um, well, his personality and his shittiness as a drummer. I mean, yeah. he is really bad yeah. at drumming. Actually, I always laugh when people go, 
oh, wow, that was a really good part. Da, 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 da. He has so many patterns to his drumming that I am blown away at how somebody that unskilled at drumming can have that many patterns. So I'm impressed on that level, but he's not a technical drummer. He, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. James Hetfield went to school to learn how to drum, actually. Oh, he did he? See, I didn't. I didn't background. know. I didn't know that. That would explain yeah, why. He's... Go ahead. Go ahead. He has a background in drumming as well as guitar, and Lars just wanted to play with the band, so he taught himself how to drum. And that's very different. That would explain why he's such a good rhythm player. Because I have a lot of cousins that started out on the drums that went on to guitar or bass after. And they have such better rhythm. My rhythm sucks. I have terrible rhythm. And uh, right. um, so I, I could see how how having that, that drum background would, would make him a good rhythm player. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a, a lot about drums. So it's always a little bit difficult for me to... Um, to, to feel like I'm talking right. informed when I talk about this. I, I'll say this, you know, if, if somebody likes Lars's drumming, him not being great technically isn't going to prevent him from doing something that's inspired. So fine, you know, people can like it, but like I, and, 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 and I do think that a lot, there's maybe too much emphasis now on perfect timing because of computers and things like that. Now that we can like, we can actually see in front of us if somebody is losing the tempo or something. Um, but I know that there's a clip I think on um, on some kind of monster, where, where where the producer points out that he like he's losing like like it's out of time. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not he's not keeping yeah. the time. Um, and I'm sure that happens to all drummers. But you know, and and I and who knows how these things are edited. But it, it my impression from that was was not favorable to you know to. You know, because even Kirk Hammett at one point in that moment is like, yeah, it is kind of out of time. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> and Kirk never says anything bad about anything. No, he's he, the nicest guy. He never says anything bad, and he's the lead player. Do you know what I mean? He's the, you know, it's yeah. not, so it's not like, you know, it's not like the bassist or the rhythm guy weighed in, you know. The, so, you know, I, I think uh, it, it must have been noticeable for, for, the, for him to pick up on it, I think. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he has really good sense of of of, of timing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I feel like we've maybe driven this con this this topic in the ground at this point. But uh, we should try doing a couple episodes where Metallica never comes up because we yeah. always find a way to bring them into conversations. You know, and I don't really even like them that much. Well, you know why? But, I'll tell you why it happens because they're such big personalities in the metal yeah. world, and it's so easy to get worked up about them even if you have no opinion on their music you can it, it's you, the shared language of metal too yeah. right if we were talking about gaming we'd bring up D&D whether or not yeah. we were actually talking about D&D so there is that but we like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden yeah. a hell of a lot more yeah. than we like Metallica and we never get to bring them up yeah. I mean I'm fine I like not... Metallica I just uh, you know I, I I I there are other bands that I put ahead of them do you know what I mean that, and 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 I and I think uh, I think I think with Metallica the problem and I, I don't want to keep talking about them but the they 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 burned so much goodwill <laughs> with, with their later works that oh, it's you know yeah. it, so 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 I don't know they're, they're an emotional topic obviously for people so it's it makes sense that they would come up um, but yeah so so I don't know maybe next episode we'll 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 make them off limits they won't be able to come up we'll we'll we'll, we'll prohibit them. Um, it's always funny to me 
how they always appear in our conversations. That's all I was saying. No, it's true. And I think both of us are responsible. Like, I feel like it, it's come yeah. up on both of our ends. Because I could understand if it was just... Because I can sometimes do things like that, where I'll just... I'll, I'll just kind of keep lodging the same complaint. Do you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah. So, so why don't we end it here, and uh, and we'll talk to everyone later. 